There was a little girl who was watching her mother get ready for bed, and her mother began to put on cold cream in order to take off her makeup. The little girl was curious, so she said, Mom, why do you do that? Her mother said, to make me beautiful. little girl liked that answer and continued to watch. Well, almost within a minute of having all that cold cream on, the mom began to wipe it off. And the little girl looked at her somewhat puzzled and said to her, What's wrong? Did you give up already? (laughs) Persistence. You know, Jesus talks today to us about persistence. Persistence in our prayer life. Because that's what he's talking about, asking and seeking and knocking. Our prayer life to God, our Heavenly Father. So I guess we should start with the question, do we believe that God answers prayer? I'm sure the answer you would give me is yes, of course. And I would say yes, God answers all prayer. But he answers them in different ways. There are really four answers, I think, that God gives us when we talk about prayer. There's yes, there's no, there's wait, and there's I'll give you this instead. You see, our problem is that we may not like those answers, and so we may think, no, God doesn't answer all prayer, but He does answer all prayer. So I invite you to take your connection or to open the Bible in front of you to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at that short section today that was read in the Gospel, the section that talks about asking and seeking and knocking. And we hear those words again as Jesus says to us. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. You know, I have to be honest. Every time I've heard this section of scriptures, and I hear those three things, ask, seek, knock, I have wondered what it is that Jesus is really addressing. Because the problem is for us so many times that he's addressing something to that crowd that in their day and age, they would understand those phrases. We're so far removed, we really don't. I'm saying those must be common some reason. They must be something that is heard. They must be a phrase that is used that the people understand and have heard before. Because Jesus always connects with his audience. And so as I searched and looked at this text, I did finally find some background on these things. And they come from the beggar world of that day. They were known for the beggars and the things that they did. Remember, a beggar in that time and in that age would have been somebody who was isolated from the community and all support systems of a family. They might have been sick. They might have been disabled. They were someone who couldn't work. They might have been a widow that had no one left to her who was on her own and had no property rights or nothing to support her. They could have been displaced into another place where they originally knew people. And the view of a beggar was that they were under God's judgment. And that's why they weren't blessed. And the truth of the matter was that if you were a beggar, unless you persisted to seek a response from someone, to get help, to get what you needed, you would die. And so, as a beggar, if you lacked something, you had to ask. As a beggar, if you needed to know where to go to find help, to find a town or find someone that might be helpful, you would seek that out. 
And if you happened to come into a town and all the doors were shut and you needed assistance, you would knock. Need was the driving force for the world of beggars in that day. Need. I want to stop there for a minute because I want us to think about our prayer lives and need. And maybe the reason that our prayer lives, and I say this of myself too, our prayer lives stink sometimes. It's because we are not in that situation. We have so little need in our country, in our community, in our lives, and how we've been blessed in our nation. We have so many things to be thankful for compared to other places in the world. So maybe our prayer lives stink because we don't have that driving force of need. But what Jesus first and foremost does for us in this text is that he invites us, that audience then and you and me, to see ourselves before God truly as beggars. That we are not self-sufficient people. That we are dependent on God for all the gifts that he gives us. That we bring nothing to offer him in order that he hears us or that he answers us. That we need everything that He has to give and showers upon us. And that all that we do have is truly a gift from a gracious God. You know, that's not necessarily, as I said, our attitude in life. What happens so often is that ourselves get in the way. Our selfishness. Now you may look at yourself and think, well, I'm not that selfish. But realize that the sin that came from the Garden of Eden was that I can do this on my own. I am not dependent of God. I can be like God. How many of us so often in our lives don't want to be dependent on someone? Want to be independent? Isn't that the spirit of America, the frontier, that we are self-sufficient, self-made people? We can do it all on our own. And so that attitude creeps into our lives of prayer also. But Jesus comes to us once again to remind us who our Heavenly Father is. Who we are in relationship to Him. And that we need to be people who are persistent in our prayers. And I want you to see something in this ask, seek, and knock. There is a progression here in that phrase. A progression of various things. First, I want to put a slide on that talks about the degrees of effort in these three things. Simply asking. We know that. It's to make a verbal request of someone. That's one amount of effort. But seeking is going beyond simply talking to looking for something and then finally elevating it to knocking that we take action in order to find an answer. And that's what Jesus is giving us as an example to move through these different steps of our persistence to first ask and then to seek some more effort and then to knock to really try and find that answer in Scripture through prayer. Through those around us. And it also, those three things reflect for us also inner qualities. The next slide. To ask expresses our dependence that we realize we don't have what we are asking for in our possession. But God does and we are seeking that God would be the one to intervene when we ask. 
Seek expresses desire, but it's deeper than asking. We're not sure in our seeking necessarily what we're trying to find, what would be that perfect answer to our prayers, what it is that God wants for us. You know, Paul records in Romans here when he says, the Spirit also helps us in our prayers, for we know not what to pray for. That's seeking, that God intervenes in this with his Holy Spirit to help us to find that. And then finally, knocking expresses determination. I am going to ask again and again. I am going to knock on the door of heaven. But in all these things, it's also important for us to remember that prayer is not based upon us, but it is solely based upon the one who we are asking. You know, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Jesus giving examples of birds of the air and flowers in the fields, I gave the example of kids seeing TV and always asking, can I have that, can I have that, can I have that? Well, you know, kids will go into these steps pretty easily. If you're not in the room for them to turn around and to ask, can I have that, they'll go and seek you out. They will find where you are and they will say, Mom, Dad, can I have this? And guess what? They're persistent enough that even if you might be behind a closed door in a bedroom or a bathroom, they will stand outside and knock and ask, can I have this? Can I have that? And you have to say, wait till I get out of here, will you? And what's the answer we would give our kids when they ask for something? That's the thing that Jesus is giving. Our answers would be yes to it or no to it or wait or I have something better in mind instead. Now, I'm not trying to give us a perfect formula today for prayer, a guarantee that if you do things this way, you will be answered. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is truly on a level with you and God wrestling with Him, understanding who He is, understanding how dependent we are on Him, understanding that relationship we've been given through our Savior Jesus Christ. But I am challenging us on our prayer life in general today. Why should we pray? And I think Jesus answers that very well when he says to us, for everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. We ask, Jesus says, and we receive. That's who our Father is. He will give to us. But it may not be exactly what we ask for. And it may be better than what we ask for. Everyone who seeks finds. Yes, we seek and we find, but we also need to remember we may not find it in our own time frame. That's part of our problem too when we pray. We want things metered out when we decide they should be. But it might be in God's time, who is perfect in all of his timings, knowing what we need when we need it. And to those who knock, the door will be open, Jesus said. And here's the thing, it may not be the door that you are looking to have opened. What's the phrase? When God closes a door, he opens a window. You see, whatever door God does open for you, it will be God's door that has opened. His plan for your life. 
It may be something that will not even take place in your own lifetime, but will be a blessing down the line for your being faithful to His Word and trusting that He will answer you in one of those ways. Because that's who He is. That's what Jesus says. Because of the Father's will. And the second reason is that. When Jesus says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? You know, so there's Jesus' example again of everyday life. Surely we would care for those around us. You know, it made me think that Pastor Mark and I, as we do many, many funerals, and you see the family in such need, the normal words that you say to someone is, if there's anything that we can do, just let us know. I'm sure each of you has said that in a situation before to someone in need. If they would ask you, would you turn your back? Did you mean those words that you care about them, that you want to be able to help them? Surely we do. And we would do whatever we could to meet that need. So it is with our Heavenly Father, who loves us ten times more than we could ever love each other. Even in our sinfulness, we show love. That's what Jesus means when he says, you who are evil know how to do this. You give good things. How much more will your heavenly Father, who is perfect, who is holy, who is love itself, who is generous, will he not also, as the scripture said, give us all good gifts? So do we ask when we are in need? Or are we too self-sufficient? Are we unsure when we ask because maybe those answers haven't been exactly what we expected from God and when we hear no or we hear wait or we hear this instead, maybe then we don't think that God is answering us. Do we, in fact, compromise sometimes in our prayers? What do I mean by that? That maybe we ask for things of God that we're pretty sure God could answer. We want to make it, after all, easy on God. Have you ever done that? Have you ever said, well, this I can pray. I know God will do this. And there was a preacher, musician of the last century by the name of John Wimber. He writes this about little prayers and moving on to greater prayers. It really convicted me as I read it. I'm not going to put it on the screen because it's a fairly long quote, but he says this. There was a time when my prayers were smaller, when I tried to figure out what God might be willing to accomplish before I prayed. A little of this, a little of that, and then a small, carefully controlled petition that might be easy for God to answer. What a pitiful view of the greatness of our God. You see, many times it is not what we preachers preach on a Sunday that reflects us, but what we are willing to pray for that is the better view of how we see God's true character. I pray more boldly now, even foolishly at times, for healing and all sorts of miracles 
And sometimes the most amazing things happen by God's will. Not just the safe, oh God, please guide the hand of the doctor prayer, good as those may be, but prayers within the bounds of Scripture for God to do what goes beyond the best that science has to deliver. Our responsibility is to pray. God's responsibility is to heal. If He chooses not to do so, then He's responsible for that. And if He does, then the glory is all His. How true that is in our lives. That maybe sometimes we have lowered the bar for God in our prayers. That we haven't asked for the storehouse of heaven, the treasure vaults to be opened because maybe we're afraid of the answer that we wouldn't like the no or the wait or this instead. And so we have failed to ask God for what He is totally willing to give. But we always must remember it is His will and His choice to give and to dole out as He sees fit. But He will always see us to bless us, to care for us, to love us. That's what Jesus says again and again. Remember who your heavenly Father is. He's proven to us again and again that He loves us unconditionally. He sent His only Son. He gave up the treasure of heaven for you and for me that we might have life in Jesus' name, that we might be children of God, that we might have this incredible access to the throne room of heaven in our prayers and our petitions. God may not always give us what we want in our prayers, but He will always give us what He wants for us. Will you pray with me? Lord God, Heavenly Father, as we have heard the words of our Savior once again, so may we be renewed in our prayers to You. May we be bold in what we ask. May we come knowing Your unconditional love for us. May we also, Lord, by the power of Your Spirit, take whatever answer You give and know that it is a blessing in our lives, a blessing for us and a blessing for others. May we always trust You as we pray. May we always look to You as the giver of all good things. And may we always rejoice at all You have done for us in our lives. To You be all the glory and praise and honor now and always. Amen.